0: and like I said, last Thursday, you know, I'll never forget, you know, he came over to me before the press conference with Joe Higgins, and he just, he was so excited, you know, he was, he, he just, uh, You all right? Yeah, I just, I just remember talking to him and, you know, what he was saying. Sorry. Yeah, so, again, so and this is, you know, I, I knew him for 30 seconds, so. Patrick Day, and, and he loved the sport of boxing, you know, we love the sport of boxing, but we must never take it or the fighters for granted. Deeper than that, it's, it's the sport, stand what these guys give day in, day out, and we have to make sure, as a sport, we do better. We need to make sure that we get together as a community. We keep trying to evolve, we keep trying to Make the sport safe
1: and welcome back to the number one podcast in the sport where we might be seeing the end of Eddie Hearn finally and I don't say that lightly because this week's been a seismic shift in the boxing landscape as we know it right I don't need to bore you with the details. If you're a boxing fan, you're pretty familiar with them. (laughs) At some point in the last two months, Conor Ben submitted a sample for VADA testing. And that sample came back positive for Clomiphene, which we're going to call Clomid for the rest of this discussion. What we also know is, at various points, people were kept informed of this developing story. We also know that the B sample has not been tested because that would trigger a whole different process. And that hasn't seemingly hasn't commenced. So now you look at it and you go, what precipitated the cancellation of this fight? Why did the board say this fight is prohibited? How have we ended up in this mess? This should be so clear. And I speak from knowledge of other sports. In the event that UCAD go to the RFU and say, this player has returned an adverse finding. What happens at that point is the player is suspended pending an investigation. If the B sample comes back positive, he is suspended pending the outcome of the hearing and any appeals that follow. But you don't get to play. You don't get to participate. you got to sit it out for a bit until the situation is cleared. And I guess it's easier in rugby because... Rugby is carried by the franchises. Same with football. The football club is really the thing that makes the money. Boxing, there is no such thing. So people aren't easily replaceable. But correspondingly, the risks in boxing are so much higher that the standards should be high. So I've been struggling to understand what the real scenario is here. And we kind of have to transpose a lot of things and we have to look at it and say, Based on the VADA process, when the sample came back positive, at roughly the same time, and we're talking minutes, Callis Ourland, Eddie Hearn, Connor Ben, Chris Eubank Jr. are all made aware that the A samples tested positive for Clomid. That's what we know because that's in the VADA rules. They have to stick to their rules because if they don't, you can appeal now the question is is there a provision in the vada rules is there a provision in the agreement signed that vada can notify the british boxing board of control now that's the real question but do you know what this also does it brings to life what chris eubank was saying and i talk about eubank senior i forget there's a junior or a senior but chris senior if i remember correctly so this has got to be like the second week in september out of nowhere so at no point had he raised concerns right but out of nowhere chris has said i've given my son my guidance and he should pull out of the fight i would pull him out of the fight if i could but he's his own man he can make his own choice and it was all very cryptic but there's something that he said that was incredibly powerful and he said my son's life cannot be put in danger I've already lost one son it cannot happen again now he already saw the contract right he he would have known what the weight cut was about so why would this happen at that point is this when everyone found out that Conor Ben had popped and if so that's got to be what three weeks ago. So if we go on the working assumption, that's when they found out. So the test was probably taken at some time, sometime in August, because you've got to give it time for the for the findings to come out, and then for Eubank Senior to digest them. And, you know, so probably second, third week in August they've tested Connor Ben, and the results have come out early to mid September. And we come back to the question, who knew? Did Senior know? He's too versed in the game to understand. Was he talking in code? Because he talked a lot about the danger that people are being put in, that boxing's not a plaything. And he used an expression that my son could get dragged into this fight. So this indicates he knew that there were things happening at that time. And that's, that's just a theory, it's not fact. We'd like Senior to you know, further expand upon that. But if you remember, Eddie Hearn was very dismissive of that. And this would have been the point where a way forward was agreed, right? So now we know that these findings have come through. Junior's probably told his old man, like you would do, sought his advice and make his own choice. And at some point, Souland and Hearn have sat down and said, yeah, we kind of both need this fight to happen. Soland, because the Wasserman thing is looking to be a bit of a disaster. So you've got a world-renowned, a global powerhouse of a sports agency. And they can't attract fighters. They seemingly can't make big fights. This was their chance to make a big fight. You know, Liam Williams does not constitute a big fight, no matter what they tell you about the viewership. That's not a big fight. So the Soulins needed it. Hearn probably needs it because he has revenue targets. He has subscriber targets he has to hit in order for the zone to look after him. And so there's pressure. Now, I'm not sure if they offered more money. I'm not sure if they took money out of Connor's purse to give to the Eubank Jr. I have no idea what happened behind the scenes. Only those people party to it know. But we know that there were some shenanigans that meant that this fight went ahead. Here's the question at what point did the board know? When were the board informed that there'd been a test that had returned an adverse analytical finding? When? When did the board know that Conor Bennett tested positive for Clomid? As I said in the previous episode, it's not unusual for VADA to work alongside the board. And we might come on to this later, but if you remember during the lockdown, when UCAD couldn't go out and test, we were told VADA was still testing. The testing for matchroom shows in the kind of post-pandemic world when he had Um, Eddie Hearn's fight camp, the testing was done by VADA. And I don't remember the board saying, we don't recognize VADA. And they had every opportunity to do so. So we know that the board recognizes VADA. It also recognizes UCAD. And the board's position is probably, we'd like you guys to figure out a way of working. But it goes to show that the board need very clear guidance on what we do with VADA. It should, we should be able to read, like, I don't know, Article 7, or uh, where would it be for the purposes of their rules? Maybe Article 2. Yeah? In the event that you are tested by VADA, you are found to be positive, we will rank that as equal to a UCAD test, providing the same procedures are followed. That's all they'd have to write, and we'd have been all good this week. But here's where I want to defend the board. If you remember, they were caught on their heels during the Dillian White saga, and they're kind of caught on their heels during the Billy Joe saga. And so it's no coincidence they get Guy Williamson to be the chairman. Guy Williamson's a criminal barrister um, of many years' experience, and I may be wrong on this, but I suspect that Guy Williamson will be going for his QC was well KC now, isn't it, King's Counsel and becoming a silk. And being chairman of the British Boxing Board of Control may be part of that. So he's not going to let the board slip on anything because he needs it to be smooth. He needs everything to be above board. Every I dotted, every T crossed. So when the board told you the contest was prohibited, they used the word prohibited for a very good reason. They knew in their rules they couldn't cancel the fight. All they could do is say it was prohibited. And when it's prohibited, none of their license holders can participate in the event. And they have every right to do so. As the the recognized national governing body they are, they had every right to say it was prohibited and none of their license holders could participate without risking the loss of their license. So it was a clever move. It wasn't saying... It's postponed. It was saying our license holders will not participate in this. So you figure out how you're going to make a fight work without all of this board infrastructure. Would the paramedics have got involved? We don't know. But some of the the shadowy figures that appear in the sport are telling us there was a concerted attempt to make this fight happen. Lawyers were brought in. And what the lawyers said is the board did what the board was supposed to do. They did what they were allowed to do to the letter of their rules. Now, whether it's in the spirit of the rules, which is what Hearn's complaining about, I don't know. I don't know what agreement Hearn has with the board, if any. I don't. But I know for certain the board were on solid ground. And it was impressive to see the board show that, that spine we've wanted to see for a while. And so they put her in a corner and they said, do you want to make this fight happen from scratch in three days? And burn more money on top of the money you've burned? And then have to deal with the embarrassment of the public rejecting this event. Because his name was getting dragged through the mud. And when his name gets dragged through the mud, so do the fighters, and even the fighters who aren't involved, Tony Bellew's name has been dragged through the mud because he mysteriously found a way to disappear and be Anthony Bellew again. What was really interesting on the subject of of Hearn, you know, sycophants and worshippers. This is the first time you've seen Hearn's inner circle unable to, to go with him, right? And I'll explain what I mean by that. Normally, Hearn is able to get that hardcore of people. And it used to be the normal sky bods, the company men, as Porky would call them, right? He was able to get all of these people to toe the line. Calder would come out and go, we need to wait to see what the B sample says on Dilly, and I'm not going to say anything until. And so it always bought Eddie Hearn time the public held their breath and there was that, you'd see the tweets going, everyone hold your breath, right? Here, Eddie forced his allies to choose between him and the sport that they love. And in many cases, the sport that gave them their livelihoods. And he found out that people love the sport more than they love him. Caldwell couldn't support him. As much as he tried, he said, no way, this fight shouldn't go ahead. Hardly anyone, I think the only one I saw was Dean White saying this fight should go ahead and saying that Conor, you know, is innocent until proven guilty. It's like, well, no, he's failed the test. He's failed the test. It's a statement of fact. No one is denying that there was an adverse finding in that test. No one has complained about what Varda have done or what Varda have found. The issues from Hearn's perspective from Hearn's own mouth are procedural. And I guess this is where it gets problematic. Eddie Hearn, if he's not versed, because do you remember when Eddie Hearn was was making fun of Mick Hennessey for not understanding the IBF rules when Tyson Fury won those belts of Vlad and they never sent the letter off in time to say, look, can you just hold off our mandatory shot against Charles Martin? Do you remember that? And Hearn was like, well, I know all of these rules, so that could never have happened in my case. Now, if Eddie had just read the UCAD rules, he'd understand UCAD have done what they're supposed to, and the board have done what they're supposed to, because UCAD can't do a thing until VADA share what they have. But the board can, because the board can say, we acknowledge VADA, when UCAD were unable to provide testing capabilities. We were prepared then to act on any adverse findings from VADA. When Dillian White popped on a VADA test, the board intervened. And that wasn't, Eddie didn't say anything about the board had no business here. Anytime something happens that puts the sport in a negative light, the board have every right to intervene because they are the custodians of the professional game. This is what the board do. This is exactly what we want the board to do. So the board have said, hold on, we're hearing about this VADA test. We're not saying you're guilty, but we're saying there's something we need to investigate. And now Eddie Hearn's saying, well, that's not due process. No, it's a hundred percent due process. You're upset that you can't get your fight and your money done before this whole thing happens. But you had three weeks. You had three weeks to get this all resolved. The problem was you thought you had it all resolved until it leaked out. And I really hope it was it was one of the Frank Warren allies who leaked it. Because that's just good shit housery. That's what I love. You know, just really poke someone in their chest. So so here you have Eddie being a petulant child. The fight's off. No one's getting their money. They say the fight's postponed, but the fight's over. The fight is over because we have to now go through the investigation. I don't know how long the investigation will take. UCAD will formally request VADA to provide their documentation. And that what will that documentation include? It will say, look, here's the audit trail of the sample handling. From collection to communication of results and findings. Here's our audit trail. No one will question the VADA audit trail because they are machines. And so UCAD will then assess whether that is in line with how they would have done it. And it either is or it's better or it's worse. And they will act accordingly based on that. That will be the UCAD line. And I think that's the correct line. That's the sensible line to take. And then the board will look and they'll go, okay. So this is a fair test. You had the thing in you. Are you gonna have the B sample tested? That's still the question, and that's the question we can't let go of. How can you can't even investigate this if the B sample's not tested? Someone has to insist the B sample's tested, but only Connor Ben can request the B sample to be tested. So what do you do if you're the board? I don't know. But he, at some point he'll have to. or and they, Because they can't force him. They may just suspend him for obstructing the process. Because this would be a violation of the UK anti-doping rules. And every governing body in the country is governed by the UK anti-doping rules. This isn't about the board at this point. Now it's about statutory compliance. And so we're going to get to this process. I don't know how long it will take. It could take a month, two, three, four months This fight's not going to happen until 2023 at the earliest. By that point, do you really want to see it? Hearn's name's going to be so deep in the mud. Ben's name's going to be so deep in the mud. Whatever they thought they were going to get on pay-per-view, it'll be a fraction of that now. But here's the real kicker. I think most right-minded people have accepted now. Had the Daily Mail story not broken, this fight would have happened. The question is, would the board have known? I find it hard to believe you'd keep the board in the dark about something like this, knowing that at some point it would come out. There's no question. Th- these things eventually leak out. And so the board would have been caught with their pants down. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Though I think the board were just on a handshake agreement that said, look, if both of you are happy to fight, crack on. But if this becomes public, you know we're going to have to pull our support for this fight. And I imagine that wasn't sent by email, that wasn't done in writing, that was just done informally. You know, so the board can cover their backsides. And that's what we had. Because remember, both promoters were determined for this fight to happen. I And I'll say it again. It was DAZN that said this can't happen. You don't... I think sometimes boxing fans see things through a boxing perspective, and yeah, boxing is the only thing that matters. And understandable because a lot of people don't understand how other aspects of the world work. When you hold a brand like The Zone that is worth X hundred million across a hundred and something different markets, the contagion from the Eubank Ben thing on their brand spreads. The contagion from Eddie Hearn trying to overrule the board spreads. And remember, the people running the zone now are not the people who Eddie Hearn signed the contracts with initially. These guys like Markovsky, etc., have all kind of moved on to other things. So Hearn has to explain himself to people who don't care about him. What they're saying is, You're dragging this company's name through the mud. What the hell are you doing? Of course you can't let this fight go ahead. What the hell's wrong with you? And that's when you backslap someone and you go, go and do the right thing now. And remember, Hearn's not used to being dealt with like this. Sky wouldn't deal with Eddie Hearn like that. Otherwise, that Dillion fight with Reva probably wouldn't have happened. So they've done that to Hearn and Hearn's gone out and just been petulant and said, ah, it's not fair that this fight's not going ahead. You know, the board haven't even stuck to their own rules or their own procedures. This isn't, this isn't fair. we want to get our lawyers involved. The lawyers involved to do what? To tell us Clomid was Calpol? Really? No. So... You can see this being a souring of the relationship with zone because suddenly DeZone are like, this guy's a liability. He lacks the discipline to focus on the objective in a disciplined way, in a structured way, in a way that's sustainable. Eddie Hearn can't make fights in the US. And as much as he goes back to guys like Shea Segev, etc., cetera, etc., and says, look... I'm going to get everyone into mandatory positions so they can fight. That still means zone get the, the dirty end of the stick because their guy's the B-side. So it doesn't even happen on Dazone. So now they're looking at Eddie going, why can't you make these fights happen? It looks like Oscar can. Should we be backing Oscar? Should we be backing Lou Debella? Do we have to make you three guys pitch fight cards to us and we determine what we're going to invest because they're the taking a hit on that show all that marketing budget is gone you're not going to claim that back all of that building this up the content they created all of that gone you can't even reach you can't show that again just it's in bad taste the bbc won't show it again you can't show that again so they've taken a hit that's probably uh i don't even know even a half a million pound hit. Whatever you booked the O2 for, you may be able to defer the booking to another time, but you've lost your deposit. You can't get that money back. Now you've got to refund people. All those hotels where a lot of people are still staying now, although if Conor Ben's room's going free, I wouldn't mind grabbing that on, on Saturday night, to be honest with you. But yeah, those guys are making the most of those hotel rooms and they're five, five fifty a night. God knows how many of them they've got. Just conservatively, let's just say they've got 40 rooms. That adds up. And there's no payback on this. So the zone of fuming, there might be a million and a half in the hole over all of this and their names getting dragged through the mud. Or because this guy couldn't do the right thing immediately and say, I think we should stop this fight. So here's the thing about these sorts of partnerships, guys. You rely on the other person to act with integrity at all times. So what should have happened from my perspective is as soon as Eddie knew the brown stuff had hit the fan, even if we're gonna talk fight week, as soon as it's like, right, the brown stuff's hit the fan, guys, I propose right now we take the lead, we take the initiative and say, guys, we're going to postpone the fight until we get this sorted out. That's what a disciplined corporate partner does. And then if Dazone say, no, carry on, then it's on their shoulders. If Eddie's making the unilateral decision to carry on and push this fight through, then Dazone are like, we might need to get some more governance around what this guy does. We might need to control what he does. We might need someone to sit over him and provide that discipline. Because they can't risk this happening again. And we'll talk about that in a second because there are all kinds of reputational risks that happen. And it's not like Dazone haven't been in the hot seat before. It's just that they were a bit smaller back then. But we'll talk about those incidents later when we have got to talk in depth about Eddie. But if you look at it from that kind of wider perspective, right? Sal and Nwassaman in the mud. Her and Matchroom in the mud. Dazone kind of in the mud, but able to get themselves out quickly enough by stopping this fight from happening. Both Ben and Eubank are in the mud. This should never have been allowed to carry on. After what Chris went through with Nick Blackwell, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be here again. Talking about risky situations. We shouldn't be here. And then you look at all these people, the guys like Steve Bunce, who who got brave. Yeah, As, as the public opinion started to grow, they got brave, but they're like, I don't know. I might, I might sit here, and just see how it plays out, become an after-timer. Do you see what I mean? Like all of that. A lot of these guys, these journalists, Suddenly all became experts in endocrinology. Oh yeah, Clomid is bad. It increases testosterone by up to 200%. No, you dummy. You stupid. Oh, man. Let's break this down. If I'm gonna get seven years for carrying a kilo of cocaine and five years for carrying a gun, why wouldn't I just carry both if I know the sentences are gonna run concurrently, right? That's what you call the, the moral hazard. So why would Connor Ben risk failing a drugs test to take Clomid to, to double his testosterone, right, 200%? Why would he take that? It's a longer lasting compound. Why would you take that just to boost your testosterone as opposed to just boosting your testosterone, which would be out of your system in a matter of days. These guys don't understand how this game works. That's why I was surprised people didn't go straight to Larry. I am surprised they did not go straight to Larry. But you know what? ID Boxing, IFL, behind the gloves, seconds out with that idiot Radio Rahim. All of these sorts of clowns, boxing social, all these kind of camera monkeys, all of these guys just want to keep their mates in the loop. Why? Because they need favours further down the line. There wasn't real journalism undertaken here. Coogan with his softball questions. Just leave Umar to the hard questions, man. Just step down. We're bored. And all of these guys are there. And I know they've all listened to the work that I've done, that Larry's done, Dr. Oz has done, everyone's done work on doping and sport. These guys have enough of a knowledge to say, Eddie, you don't take Clomid to boost your testosterone. And you don't take it as a PED because you can just boost your testosterone with an injection. It's going to be the same penalty if caught. You know what they're saying now? You are going to investigate and Connor's looking at up to four years. They won't give him four years, but they should after what they did to Liam Cameron. Yeah, If the board want to really show the fans that they care, give him what they gave Liam Cameron. Liam had trace amounts, insignificant amounts. There you go. They could just do that, but they won't. Because deep down they need Conor Benn. Yeah. Without Conor Ben, British boxing doesn't have stars. You know, that's, we ain't going to see Nigel nowhere else. So when I look at all of this, I just say, well, we've all tried. We've all tried. But as long as there's that, that, that secret society of, of camera monkeys and microphone jockeying, I don't even know what to call them, porpoises. Well, as long as you've got these idiots, low-balling, the the men in charge and going, oh, mate, can I get a bit of per You know, can't afford afford a double whopper. Please, please, sir, may I have some more? That's that's their life, right? We live off other people's marketing budgets. We live off other people's money, wherever that may come from. And here they had a chance to show that they were serious. And they show that they're all clowns. That's why they all sit there and talk shit about real real people doing the stuff they should be doing. And they like to talk shit about it. And I don't understand why. They're nasty pieces of work. And as you guys well know, I show up at these events. And I'll say this to their faces. But they all seem to go missing when they see me. It's okay. We're cool. But back to what I was saying. This is a mess. Like At a time when we need boxing to be moving forward and showing that it's above self-interest it doesn't the amateur game shooting itself in the foot definitely not going to 2028 because they refuse to do the right thing we might just sneak into 2024 but we might not now the pro game is an absolute mess just remember like for the casual fans they thought they were getting fury joshua in december Turns out it takes lawyers three or four weeks to iron out minor details. But Hearn can get lawyers in the room to go, how can we make this fight happen elsewhere? And that can happen in 24 hours. Lawyers will work to their incentives. All of this could have happened. Now Hearn's ending up with no big fights. I'm not trying to hear about Zerdo versus Bivol. No one cares. No one cares. And if you do, get a life. So this whole mess, this is the first loss Eddie Hearn's really taken publicly. This loss here, Joshua getting iced is Joshua's loss. We just kind of put it on Hearn because we like to see Hearn squirm. Joshua losing twice to Ruiz, same thing. We like to see Hearn squirm. And we like the fact that he can't call the shots in any division at the moment. Maybe super middleweight but who cares about super middleweight at the moment it's not popping you know yeah he's got the little, little adult babies doing their thing at 115 but who cares that matchroom roster is terrible it's garbage it's got Ellie Scottney on there who's a bright light in my opinion but it's garbage I'd like to see Ellie go to Sky I don't know why she's wasting her time on on an app she's better than that but I'd say that He's, he's in the mud, and it's all of his own making. I don't know what Eddie Hearn's like as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a friend, as a son. I don't know, and I don't even wanna comment on that. But as a character in boxing, he's the lowest of the low. And you can make your name off paying fighters on time. Well done. You know, you're doing the bare minimum. You can make your name off saying, I've manipulated boxing social media to my advantage. I have no compunction to pay for views. I have no compunction to pay for retweets. I have friendly accounts that will always get me to the top of the rankings. Okay, cool. Well done. If if this is all true. But here's the reality. You're a hypocrite. Here's what I'll say. I chose the intro for a very specific reason. When Patrick Day fought Charles Cornwell, and that was going to be the last time we ever saw Patrick Day in a ring, that was probably the last time most people saw Patrick Day alive. Eddie Hearn said we have to protect the fighters, we have to protect the sport, we have to do more. He said that. And this week, this week he tap-danced on the grave of Patrick Day. And it's a strong thing to say, and people go, oh, You've gone too far. No, I haven't. He's tap-danced on the grave of Patrick Gray. Patrick Day, sorry. Who nearly snitched then? Um He's tap dancing on that grave. Here's what we're looking for. We're looking for promoters, sanctioning bodies, governing bodies, and all the stakeholders to protect our fighters at all costs. Top of that list should be do not effing cheat. I'm not saying that there was foul play in the death of Patrick Day, by the way. But what I am saying is when we lose a soldier, Maxim Dadashov is another one. We have to do better. When Michael Watson went through what he went through, we did better. The whole sport came together. We did better. Most right-minded boxing fans this week tried to do better. You know who didn't try and do better? Edward Hearn. So why did he cry when talking about Patrick Day, a guy he admitted to only having met for 30 seconds the Thursday before the fight? Were those tears real? I don't know. But here's what I will say. He could have done a lot more. And remember, after the passing of Patrick Day, you know, we also have to then look back People often forget, it may be the Mandela effect, but people forget the drug situation with Dillian was three months before the death of Patrick Day. And that was not long after the Jarrell Miller fiasco. So Hearn, Hearn had a 2019 where he could have made a real stand against doping in sport. Because it's not like he's been quiet about it in the past. Let's not forget that. Eddie Hearn, he loves to talk. We know that. And he has a lot to say. And he's held a very strong and consistent line when it suits him. The worst tragedies are often those of your own making. And year after year of people asking lowball questions and Hearn giving these Grandiose, overblown responses
0: has finally caught up with him. Do. Um, you know, obviously, he denies the allegations. I think everybody does, you know. Um, but the fact is, uh, intentional, non intent, it doesn't matter. He failed a Varda test. So, yeah, in that respect, I'm hugely disappointed. I'm not just disappointed personally, I'm disappointed for the show, obviously. I mean, we'll find the replacement. It'll be a great fight. Still, Joshua's debut. It's going to be an amazing night, big card. But. Yeah, you know, I was kind of worked Jarrell into a position where he got this opportunity of a lifetime and he fucked it.
1: So remember, that's six months before the passing of Patrick Day. And he's very clear about his stance on that. Everyone claims that they, they're clean. Everyone claims it's an injustice. But as he says himself, if you fail a VADA test, you fail a VADA test. Her no, don't have to put words in his mouth, he's telling you there. That's his standard. So, why is he not applying that in this situation? If you fail a VADA test, you fail a VADA test. You put something
0: in you that made you test positive, right? So, you fucked it. So, you know, I'm sure he'll be back. And but it's disappointing because when you get a chance like that in life, you can't, you just got to be on top of things, it's not hard. He's right. Like For once, I agree with Eddie
1: Hearn. Like, I'm like, yeah, you're 100% right, Eddie. And you said all of this before Dillian. But you conveniently forgot it then. You said all of this before Patrick Day passed away. Rest in peace. So you said all of this before Conor Ben and everyone else you've had to deal with, Tyrone Spong, so on and so forth. You have... These are your words. Like this isn't, you know, this isn't me deep faking anything. I wish it were. I'd have more fun with it. These are the words of Eddie Hearn. Imagine you run the zone, and someone like me just digs all this stuff up, and they're like, "Jesus, who gave him the contract? This guy is a liability. He he can't control himself in pressure moments. He always has to." be the guy to take it home he always has to say more than everyone else he always has to do too effing much
0: you just don't have the volume of people doctors laboratories right now to test that sample of athletes so but by the way uh any additional vada testing is still running um and we have fights in place that are still being vada tested that's when we pay the additional fee on top of um like a, a global system like the WBC or like UCAD uh, with the British Boxing Board of Control.
1: Uh, there you go. That's the lockdown, 2020. You know, we talked about tap dancing on the grave of Patrick, Patrick Day. Here's Eddie saying, look, we still take this seriously. Varda carries on through the pandemic. What did he say? We spent half a million a year on Varda. These are his own words. As a boxing fan, you're hearing this, and now you've got to replay everything you've heard in the week. Here's a man who's pro-VADA. Not once has he said, I'd prefer to use UCAD. Is VADA. We've seen all the video clips where he says VADA's the gold standard. And everything he said until this point, he validates that.
0: No, Dillian White, uh, Provecki, Derek Chisora and um, Usyk these have got anywhere from eight to 14 week testing program programs with Vardar where they're testing two, three times a week. You know, you've seen, look, look, even in the last, you know, we lost shows, uh, Gerald Miller against Anthony Joshua, Tyrone Spong against, um, Usyk five days out from the fight, you know? So we're the ones that are paying for that testing and actually, busting fighters that are is causing us financial problems and and logistical problems on the show because we're getting the results where we got to pull out, we've got to find the new fighter, we've got to go off sale, we've got to cancel the event but we're still choosing to go through that process you know some would say well actually we shouldn't even bother, we should let the governing bodies do it and say It's up to you guys. You know, we're running the event. If you're clear to fight, you're clear to fight. But we're actually paying for and implementing the testing program, whether it's White against Povetkin, Taylor against Serrano, another, you know, obviously Joshua against Pula. Joshua is the most tested athlete.
1: Hmm. Interesting that he says it doesn't matter if someone says they're clear to fight because he uses that expression a lot. Now, he used that a lot, actually, when talking about, Dillian. Yeah, Dillian's clear to fight. Dillian's clear to fight. He hides behind all of these kind of inexact terms, right? But what we know for absolute certain is he was against that idea, in his own words. He didn't support that. So you look at that and you go, well, this, here's a guy who's anti-drug cheats. And then he does that whole about-turn When it's his pet project? (laughs) This guy.
0: I I haven't even got the words, but I know who has. To top of the bill, it's always difficult. You know, we got a call confirmation from Avada at 10 o'clock UK time on Monday that he'd failed a test. Then it has to go to the commission. You know, despite what people think, we don't run a drug agency, we don't run a commission. It's all dealt with by, you know, major organisations and, and and sometimes government agencies and obviously in this case VADA and, and the Illinois Commission. Yeah. So I saw Tyrone Spung's comments um, recently, you know, I, oh, here's my VADA test, it's negative. He took three VADA tests. He failed two, he passed one. So it's not a case of, oh, well, you know, one out of three is good enough. You know, <laughs> one out of three, the other way is not good enough. It's just, it's just how it is. So you know, he's saying, I don't understand. It's quite simple. What you had in your system was not there a week later when you had it. So I don't, that's for you to deal with. All I know is in that situation, if Illinois would have turned around to me and said, um, we've looked at this and you know, we've spoken. Here's
1: what's really interesting. Hearn seems to understand the mechanics of VADA pretty well. So VADA go to the commissioning authority and say, yeah, guys failed the test. Commissioning authority make a decision and they say, right, you're either licensed to fight or you're not licensed to fight. Why couldn't he do that here? So just so we're clear, much like the UK, most sports in the United States are bound by USADA. USADA testing is the one. Most people don't have confidence in USADA. That's why for combat sports, it's not unusual to see VADA used a lot, especially in the big boxing bouts. So why is it that VADA clearly have a, a direct link to the Illinois athletic commission but he's complaining about what goes on over here it seems that Vardar have done everything in the way they usually do you notice he didn't say anything about let's wait to see what USADA say or Vardar Eddie doesn't sign up to USADA because a lot of the guys he works with aren't really USADA fighters they're all on Vardar the hypocrisy here is insane. Like I said, if you work for zone and you hear stuff like this, you're like, who is this guy? How have we allowed this to happen? We're three years into him and his nonsense about drug cheats, if not more. And boxing fans still don't hammer him for this. Everything he has said this week, I have presented evidence here that he's contradicted himself. In, with his own words, I'm not even having to read between the lines these are his own
0: words judgments which is sometimes dangerous was he cheating was he unlucky either way his reputation is tarnished forever because it doesn't matter you fail a drugs test you fail a drugs test you look at his physique on the scales for the last Golovkin fight everyone is already suspicious and even more so now if he's been unlucky then I feel terrible for him because maybe he is innocent We will never know. Um, What I will say is that it's terrible for boxing that possibly or the biggest superstar in the sport has failed a drugs test. I think that the only way you're going to catch drug cheats is by random testing. And the WBA and the WBC do a good job on that. But the commissions have to step up, in my opinion, to enforce random testing. In England, in Britain, the British Boxing Board of Control, all the championship fighters are on random drug testing. UCAD will turn up, test him in camp. There's no escape.
1: It's, it's a weird thing over here because there's so many commissions. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. A yeah. And yeah, there he goes. He's supportive of what the board do until the board do something he doesn't want them to do. You almost say like, will the real Eddie Hearn please stand up because here's a guy who's anti-doping. It'll be very hard to find a clip of him being pro-doping. And I've done that. That's probably what, six clips? And I've just shown that this man's a massive hypocrite. And you guys lap it up. You retweet, you like, you share these videos. And at no point do you go, mate, you're just talking out your backside. I never see that in the comments. Why don't people do that? Mate, you're just talking out your backside. Report him for hate speech as well. Why not? People are happy to drag Porky down for no reason, yet no one tries to drag him down. Why not? I think deep down people want to worship Eddie Hearn. I don't, I think the guy's full of it, I think this week, this week revealed everything because we've all been waiting for a situation like this where one of his little pet projects pops and see how he reacts and what he showed was he doesn't care, Vada matters to him when they're useful to him, UCAD matters to him when they're useful to him, when they're not they can be discarded, geez the board was nearly discarded, so, are we bored of Eddie Hearn as a boxer? I'm putting it to you, the Beyond Boxing jury. Are we now bored of Edward Hearn? Have we had enough of him? Do we need to pull him down from this Mount Olympus he seems to have found himself on and say, mate, you're not at that level anymore? Because go back to why people fell in love with Eddie Hearn. He was the fans' favorite because he spoke for the fans. When someone failed a drugs test, he said what we were thinking. When a fight wasn't getting made, he said what we were thinking. When fighters weren't getting paid, he said what we were thinking. That's where he got his credibility from. And all he's done once, since he got into that influential position, he's poo-pooed all of that. This is the same man that told you pay per view's dead. And you lapped it up. Then he said, pay per view's dead at a certain price point. And he went against that. And then he said, no, 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 no. Pay per view's dead at this price point with these kinds of fights. And then he gave you those kinds of fights. And then he said, if you don't like it, don't watch. And yet you still watched. People were gonna spend £28. On Ben versus Eubank freak show of a fight by the way we all know that didn't have the same energy without the dad's present simple fact and I don't know what's going on with senior at the moment I don't want to comment on anything of a personal nature but credit where credit's due because this man refused to put a penny in Eddie Hearn's pocket after the disrespect and the abuse Eubank Seniors received from Eddie Hearn. I'm still wondering how the hell Frank Smith can get married to Emily Eubank without Chris chinning Eddie. Someone has to explain that to me. Because he's been distasteful, he's been disrespectful, he's alienated himself. He can't get deals done in the United States, so he's had to scuttle off to Australia. The hurtful thing about all of this was the the guy basically nearly brought British boxing into civil war and the day after he was just back there sharing those silly little fight posters he does as if nothing's happened. But you know it has. You know this has hurt him. Him and that little Turkish turban of his. It's hurt him. You know that's hurt him. We could call it a fez actually. That's hurt him. Hurt his pride. And you know when you're seeing it this week in the videos when they put the, the harsh light and you can see that the The Turkish toupee was thinning. So he's going to have to go back and get those plugs put back in. But I can't even feel sorry for him. Normally I'd feel sorry for someone who had a week like he had. But he brought this all on himself because he could have cancelled that fight and said, you know what? Yeah, Daily Mail, we're going to cancel now. It's the right thing to do. But then there's more questions. Why didn't you cancel it earlier? All his own fault anyway. The greed got to him. So you're hoping that Dazone can see that he lacks the structure and the discipline to be a dependable partner. Okay, every so often he'll give you a Joshua Klitschka, but that's five and a half years ago now. He can't still be trading on that. We get a Brook Golovkin, that's six and a bit years ago now. When's the last time Hearn truly knocked it out the park? Like, not by accident, by design. When's the last time he knocked out the park? He hasn't. He didn't deliver Canelo to the zone. Oscar did. Devin Haney's on another platform getting paid. And Devin Haney's now realized he will not get those fights with the other potential legends as long as he's working with her. So he won't go back. So what's Eddie got? He's not even, he's not even the Wolverhampton wanderers. Of boxing because at least they've got guys like Ruben Nevers and Raul Jimenez who, who are good players in their own right and Joao Felix, good players. Is it Joao Felix? I hope it is. He's. No, I can't say he's Nottingham Forest. I don't think he is. Maybe he is. Just a load of really mediocre players who have name value, but that's about it. There's nothing there in his roster that makes us excited. Apart from Lady Scotney, as I said before. But she should leave and go and find something more, more conducive to her as a person and some an organization that will respect her a bit more. But I hope this is the beginning of the end of that IFL Eddie Hearn with the fake views and the fake numbers and the fake hype. That never translates into book sales, never translates into anything. The podcast tanked. We just need to see the back of this guy. Because, yes, he did a lot of good for boxing, but that was five years ago minimum. And everything else he's done has just been to almost drag boxing into his own image. And we don't want that. Boxing was here before him, it'll be here after him. So, as I said, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you decide is this man guilty? of being a scumbag.